We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Carlo Navas. And with me today, we have our producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Thank you for coming on time. We have our, he's being sarcastic, we have our professional screw-up who was here on time, Alex Toledo. What's going on? Like always, always on time. Chillin', don't touch your mic during the broadcast, it makes noises. And we have our Photoshopper and anime lover, Brass Jazz. Hello, hello. Brass, back from his expedition covering the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets at the Barclays Center last week. And Alex today was covering a very Heat Thanksgiving. Alex was out there as a Heat. We're giving back to the community. It was a lot of fun. Right, you were out there, right, Alex? Yeah, I mean, it was a cool event. There was a lot of stuff going on outside. The Heat threw an indoor-outdoor event, and, you know, there, there was, like, hundreds of people outside. They got everybody in in a single-file line, and all of a sudden, you're just getting passed food by Dion Waiters on Hassan Whiteside. What that's, more could you ask for? That's the only time no, Dion's passing passed food. food. <laughs> they, there was a lot going on, man. Like, it was, it was a lot of uh, booths outside, and... and yeah, man. Breaking news. Let me tell you something. That's the culture right there. Like the Heat getting a bunch of people in a single file line to get food from from Miami Heat players. That's culture, dude. They the people respect the culture, and it's really awesome that the that the Heat are doing stuff like that. And uh, Alex got to have the chance to cover that. 
So um, that's going on over there. Thanksgiving is around the corner. It's a time of giving. Make sure to give back. And talking about giving back, Five Reasons Sports has given back to us and many in the community. Check out our number of podcasts with from Ethan Skolnick's uh, Five Reasons to The Fish Tank with OJ McDuffie to Goldie on Ice to Swings and Mishes, everything on the Five Reasons Sports Network. And if you're feeling very, very thankful, you might want to take a chance to maybe advertise with us. We have tons of going on at the network, tons of packages, tons of... Uh, opportunities for you, your small business, or anything that you wanna that you wanna promo on any of our podcasts or social media. So reach out to us, and we got you covered, gentlemen. The Miami Heat get their heads caved in by their former Messiah, LeBron James. Scores a lot of points uh, in the American Airlines Arena last night, uh, and I guess we have to start in the important place. Josh Richardson threw his shoe into the crowd. Now. Alex was at the event today. Jay Rich was not available for media, so we could not get to the bottom of what happened. Now, I don't know if you guys have the same questions as me, but I need to know a couple things. What kind of shoe did Jay Rich throw? Was it heat? Did he get the shoe back? Who got the shoe? Did they approach Jay Rich? Did they leave with it? Like what? These are things I need to know. I'll tell you right now, Jay Rich is the soul of the team, though. I love that, dude. Let me tell you something. That is a top five heat ejection all time for me. Like wow. obviously the number one ejection is Udonis throwing his mouthpiece. So are we gonna rank the, the top five ejections now? I, I don't know if I can do it off the dome, but I know for sure I mean, you UD, just put it top five, so I mean, but like, man, I can't think of anything better than Jared throwing a damn sneaker at the crowd. All I know is that it was in the heel of the moment. Wow. That was really bad. You should be ashamed of yourself. I, I you know, and honestly, like they, they kinda went on a little run after that, and I've said on the show before. They need a bit of edge, right? So they like, do. they gotta play with that. Like, they don't play angry or they don't play. I think Tyler gave voice to it. Was it in Brooklyn, Brass? It was in Brooklyn when you were there. Yes. Uh, when Tyler Johnson said that, like, they they kind of they were dogs and then they got paid and they weren't dogs. Now I'm not. I don't really want to walk over. Like, I don't want to do that because I mean they played really hard last year and those guys were all paid last year. So I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and say that guys weren't playing hard cuz they got paid or whatever. Um and I mean even Tyler like always plays hard and and sometimes it just doesn't work out. So I think that's that's maybe something that they might attribute to it to kind of pump themselves up. I'm not necessarily buying into that rhetoric, but I understand why they by other people might. But I do think that they're missing an edge to when they play. And uh, something like last night, despite them getting destroyed, I, I like to see that. Like, I'm about that. I think it's good that, that somebody is showing some type of strong emotion. I think you're right about this. I feel like Show we have a damn seen pulse. This. I feel like that's something that JJ's going to help with if, you know, you want the team to win games. But Honestly, <laughs> that's like... That's something they need. Hassan used to be a guy that played with edge, but now it's just kind of apathy. <laughs> He got over the he got over the stage where he was just trying to dunk on every team that passed up on him. He was like an angry player. I like angry. Like when Hassan plays angry, I think that that helps. Like maybe it's not the most effective at times, but I don't know, man. This just I I don't want to call them soft, but they play like they play a little soft. And I know that their defense has gotten better the last couple of weeks. I know that they were top ten before that Laker game, um, but like. I feel like the I feel like the issues that they have are really they were fixable. top ten in defensive rating before the Laker game. Yeah, they were. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, well, I was making a it's joke. A quite a considerable dip. I did. Uh, what are they now? I mean, they went down five spots in one Oof. game. Yeah, I mean, still early in the season, so um, 
Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was checking the stats Saturday morning, and I and I noticed that Miami was top ten in defensive rating again. Um, and I think they were they were in plus in net rating despite having a losing record. Are you sure you weren't checking last year's stats? No, no, I was for sure checking this year's stats. I was for sure checking. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it just it means something entirely different than it did in seasons past. So this season, just once again, the math got completely screwed up all over again on the court because. I mean, even the teams that are good at defense, just still no one really truly defends nowadays. Well, and it's just a free for all. It's just that the offenses, the offenses have gotten so good that it's really difficult to hold up. Like the scoring numbers are going to be gaudy, but that doesn't mean that teams aren't defending well. So like Miami last year, I, I mean, this year they're allowing I think 106 points per 100 possession, which is a lot, and that's still like good for middle of the pack. When last year that would have been a lot lower. So. Part of its perspective, like you just have to, your defense has to be good enough in relationship to the rest of the league. But I do think that that's something that's going to get figured out because for most of the year, they're positive in net rating. So, like, they're outscoring their opponents. Has it been a pretty small margin, though? No, no, it's it's been a pretty small margin. But the fact that you're in the positive despite having a losing record is something that you can look positive about. Like the Spurs, when they were doing really, really well, they were being outscored. Right, so you got to look at those things to give context to records and stuff. So, like, yeah, win loss, you know, is important, but at the end of the day, these things need context. Speaking um, of giving giving context to records, I think we may be having a rerun of sorts of last year and the the point that we were at last year, where uh, I think we were talking about it the other day when you were like, um, when they had the slow start last year, and we were saying we were saying that they were getting a lot of the shots they wanted, but just not hitting them. So I was looking over the shot profile today. And they are fifth in assisted threes in the league while being 26 in unassisted threes. And then the same, it's the inverse for their twos. So they're seventh in unassisted twos and 24th in assisted twos. So they're getting the shots they want. They're just bad at it. Their offense is a lot worse than last year. And the defense has, has also been worse, which is not to, ideal. I want to try to pull up a stat, but I saw that Miami is like, I think, eighth in three-point percentage and like 28th in two-point percentage and I think a lot of that and Brass you were you were up close and personal at the game these guys have trouble hitting layups at times Justice Bam in particular so like the easy shots they're missing and for a team that doesn't have a lot of shooting they're actually doing pretty well yeah I think uh their threes, I think they have enough guys on the team right now to be able to stay afloat shooting threes but their two-point percentage has been just kind of garbage and and uh and yeah and guys guys like justice just doesn't really is just not really having the touch around the rim and it's those kind of things are frustrating because those kind of things are that's what keeps you in the game and I think what I noticed that is really driving me crazy even in that Brooklyn game which was a win uh and you know at this point a win is a win and I'll take it but that game got entirely too close in the end they were really blowing them out, and all of a sudden, it, it tightened up too much because they're there, and they're not just simply keeping the lead. They're still chucking threes, and I don't get it. I don't understand why they keep doing that. Like, you want them to... I don't know. I don't really... And well, they threes and missing, and missing, and missing. <laughs> they, yeah, they know I their should, personnel. I should say but that. Like, if, if they were making the threes, we wouldn't be complaining. I mean, Lakers beat is having the same conversation today, right? About uh, what? Yeah. 
about what brass is saying about like you know t you know we're blowing them out we're destroying them and then you let them back in by your shot selection i just feel like that's the nba and i just think because you know a lot of heat fans just watch the heat they don't really notice how often a 12 or 15 point lead is blown in the league like that happens regularly like a team is up 15 in the second half and that's gone by the third quarter like so often especially home teams so I kind of think that we're a little hard on. I mean, they won by double digits. I think that's what's important. They kept the lead. They they kept the lead at a distance that they had to. They led wire to wire. I know that that Brooklyn's without their best player, so you know we have to take that with a grain of salt. Um, and Miami lost at home to a Laker team that's not very good, uh, and they've lost at home to a Kings team. Oh that is, come on, man! LeBron dropped fifty-one. No, but you know what? The that thing was one about of those games when LeBron got up for. But hold on, wait a second. Apparently. There's a couple like there's LeBron dropping fifty one and there's LeBron dropping fifty one effortlessly. Like oh, yeah. that, no, like, you're right. I was saying the same thing. He was walking into threes like we saw at the end of the game. He wasn't even he, he wasn't giving it his all, but he was definitely there was a concerted effort because you don't drop fifty. There are days <laughs> that you feel you it. take thirty shots normally. You get what I'm saying? There are days that he feels it, and that's fine. You're going to lose those games. Yeah. But, like, just there was nothing about their play that indicated that that was just LeBron, and part of that was. And listen. JJ played his first game back. JJ has not played basketball in months. And his first defensive assignment is LeBron James? I mean, he's been that's not fair, historically man. pretty good at guarding him, man. They should have had him on him know, more dude. instead of Derrick Jones Jr. That ain't fair. I mean, Derrick Jones Jr., that's a toothpick for LeBron. I mean, like, seriously, man. Are you going to – I guess it's good reps. I get, you know, learning how to guard people that are stronger than you. I get that. I but mean, you do that against, like – They were doing that crunch time, too. You do that against, like, Otto Porter, not against LeBron or Marcus Morris. <laughs> Our reporter is really going to be the, the test, right? The defensive well, Mark, test. Well, I mean, I was like, trying to think, like, what's a big, strong guy? And I was like, I was thinking of Marcus Morris, but I couldn't remember his name. Stanley Johnson. Is he still in the league? Yes. Remember how? Just is better. Yeah, that just is better than him. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, we could we can have our discussions of Devin Booker, and we can lie to ourselves saying Justice is better than Devin Booker. There ain't no, there ain't no anything about Justice not better than Stanley Johnson. We got that we one. We found the guy. We got that one. Nailed it. You can't tell us nothing, he Twitter. We did it. I have a serious we, question. Who's better, Josh Richardson or Devin Booker? Oh, God. Justice. They're different players because De- <laughs> Devin is a guy. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Devin, Devin is a guy who can clearly carry an offense and uh, to borrow from Nikias's, uh vocabulary, bend to defense. Uh, Jay Rich can't do that to the extent that Devin can, but Justice, but Jay Rich is such a better two-way player that I think Devin's probably the one that'll be more valuable. But I do think, like, I, you know, I was thinking about this about Jay Rich today because uh, in the Heapy chat we were talking about the potential of getting either Bradley Beal or John Wall on the Heat and what that would probably cost Miami. And I was trying to think of a scenario that Miami can get. Bradley Beal while keeping Josh Richardson. And it made me think, well, like, how good is Josh going to be? Like, let's say that they get Beal and they can keep Jay Rich and they get, like, Kyrie in free agency for, like, a wacky scenario. Like, how how good is Jay Rich that he could be a third guy that those other two can make an all-star? And I kind of thought of Clay Thompson. Obviously, he's not Clay Thompson. But Clay's a guy like Josh that has some limitations as a playmaker, but he makes up for it with elite shooting. And again, Jay Rich is not the elite shooter that Clay is, but he makes up for it with elite shooting, pretty good decision making, and this great is. defense. 
this year he's what? I got some stats if you want to pull up. Okay, okay. Give, give me some numbers. I think my favorite right now is that he's currently fourth among shooting guards and real plus minus, which got released today. I think that stands out a lot as far as his impact on the floor. He, he's not a negative on the floor, unlike the past few years. There are four players in the NBA that have taken at least 75 above the break threes and are shooting 40% or better on those attempts. So Jay Rich is on that list. Who would be the other three players on that list? Clay? Is it just no. shooting guards? Uh, these are guards. Repeat it again. So there are four players in the NBA that have taken at least 75 above the break threes and are shooting 40% or better on those attempts. Middleton. Lillard. Okay, Middleton's one of them. So we got two on the list. There's two more. Lillard, no? No Lillard. Lillard loves a walk-in three. He's not on the list. Um, Steph? Kemba. It's Kemba. Nope. Not Shockingly, Kemba. Kemba's not on there. Yeah. Not, not Steph? Steph is on there, yes. Okay, so, we have, so we have one more. Jerry? Not Kyrie. Which we counting Jerry? It Jerry's. is Kyrie. Kyrie is the oh, I said, I just said Kyrie. Yeah. So we have Jay Rich, Stephen Curry, Chris Milton, and Kyrie Irving on this list. Eat it, wow. eat it, Kemba. Just I as think, better. Listen, like the the thing with Jay Rich that I think it's lost is he's a really good player. He's just not a guy that can really like if he's the initial trigger on an, on an offensive set. Like I don't really think that he can create enough for himself and others, but as a secondary option, as a guy who can make a move after the initial action has started, I do think that he is so deadly. He is such a good shooter. He can dribble. He, he he's, His passing needs a little work to his own admission. Um, but, like, there's so much there that I, I know it's good and I know that he contributes positively. Um, so going back to the Beal thing, like, we were throwing this around in the chat. And I came with, obviously, the salaries don't match. And, you know, there would have to be salary filler. But a deal centered around Bam Adebayo and two first-round picks from the Heat for Bradley Beal. And it was all out hell in the group chat. <laughs> I agree with you. Brian and I are united as a married oh, couple. Brian and I are united. Well, I Brian is a star if you for those, a transaction. If you protect those two picks, so if we're talking about this year's pick, and I don't think if you do trade for Bradley Beal, I don't think the team would be that much better. Yeah, they would. I think they could still probably miss the playoffs. Because if you look at the Washington Wizards right now, they're probably going to miss the playoffs too. So if you can guarantee the Heat can at least protect their pick, what, top five, top eight protected, I would do that trade for, for this year. If Brass? not, I would wait a season and see if he can get him next year after they get their pick. Brass? Man. You know what, Brass? I haven't heard your take uh, on this. What's your take I on this? Your take. That's what I'm uh, asking. I don't know, man. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm so confused right now to what people really, truly want because everyone is talking about, um, everyone's talking about tanking and, you know, we want picks and picks are like those kind of assets we need. And then here we're looking to trade away two, two picks uh, protected or not, I I, I, I don't know. Um, by the way, just for the listeners, Gianni is trying to show me uh, <laughs> all of his posters and paintings of anime to throw me off. And Gianni, of yo, I don't I, understand. I must say, what are you doing? Wait, You're I must say your show. And it's an alarming amount. <laughs> it's an alarming amount of actual physical anime art pieces. Gianni's literally just holding to, up anime art it's, while brass is talking it's like when, when the guy's at the free throw line and the whole <laughs> way crowd is holding up it's weird like random pictures and they're just screaming yeah. at them 
That's what you're like, doing. Like, just trying to have fun on a Monday. This, it's Monday night. Is, you know, just trying to have a little hack fun. Brass. You're you're hack a brass right now. I'm hack a brass. I was just trying to throw yeah. you off. Trying to throw your takes <laughs> off. I'm trying to miss. Um. Yeah. I man. I don't know. I don't have like such a strong take on it, but I do feel that you know people are obviously starved for a transaction right now, and I'm not really sure trading away a couple picks is is wise thing to do long term here that was kind of the sentiment because, in the group chat because i don't i just don't think it's like as you said i don't think it's going to change the overall outlook even on this season here you do this you trade away a couple a couple picks and you and you admittedly said you might still miss the playoffs this year it's just it's i don't think confusing. that is remotely i don't think they're gonna make the miss the playoffs <laughs> this year and i don't think they'll miss the playoffs if they bring well if they I mean, if they just, just get rid of that. bam and add bradley freaking beal Yes, but picks. Okay, but we're talking about this year. Well, it's not just—it's not going to be just Bam. You have to. There's no, still yeah, it has to be Bam books. and salary, which is probably. I, what would this team do without Dion? I just I, don't I, know. I, I, don't, I don't think it'd be Dion. It'd probably be. Well, I don't know if Kelly. <laughs> I don't know if Kelly is welcome there. In Washington. Yeah, I don't know if Kelly Olynyk is. Really not as long welcome. as Kelly Oubre is over there. Yeah, no. Only spot for one Kelly in town. I know Alex did a whole lot of work with numbers and stuff today, uh, which is which is great, and he's going to hit us with a lot of stats tonight. But at the same time, uh, I do I do want to point out all of this com- this this total freak out uh, across the board right now of how the Heat are doing, and I get it, and I I I I don't disagree with it at all. But we are also at this point in this season, we have one more loss, sixteen games into the season than we were last year. One more loss. And we know that that players have been missing. We know that Wade has been out. We don't know exactly when Wade's going to come back. Dragic, he, you know, he's, he's missed some time. Uh, you know, he's going to miss a few more games here. Uh, you know, James Johnson literally just came back. Uh, I, again, I'm not trying to, to act like stuff smells like roses right now because I'm totally not. And we do know that this team doesn't have a huge upside. But, but... I still am not convinced that this is not a playoff team. There you go. That's how you radio brass. I kind of I don't disagree, man. Cutting I think that Brad's off, throwing it out. Here. I disagree. I disagree. I think with the team you. is not. I don't. I think the team is not up to par, and I think they're definitely. They definitely have performed worse than last year. And given all that, this and, and it's a weak schedule. Saying, it's it's a weak schedule. That's that pretty good. But you know what? I but this has been to me. This has been the case. Uh, the last few years, I feel like I I trust this Heat team or any Heat team against a good opponent than a bad opponent. I trust them more against a a, a, a thousand a tough percent. Opponent. And so, am I shocked that we lost to Atlanta? Or am I shocked we lost to Orlando? Of course not, because we always lose to Orlando. <laughs> you know, am I shocked we lost to Washington? I'm not. I'm not. These are these are kind of it, it's so stupid, but it's 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 schedule it's heat schedule with losses. These they, they stupid beat things. Portland, but they we beat also Portland, who's number one in the West. But we also but we, and we we beat San Antonio in honestly the most just beautiful game of basketball that I have seen the Heat play this season. That game was the most normal. It was like a, a, a NBA like flashback game, NBA TV flashback game. I mean that, that score was just so. I'm gonna play. So, I'm gonna play a little devil's nice. advocate with brass. I, I do disagree yeah. with your point that they are gonna be fine, and I think people are overreacting. Um, they haven't played anybody, so the Spurs are under 500 right now, and they've lost a bunch. Um, they they kept it close against the Pacers, but ultimately lost. Every good team that they've played, other than Portland, they've lost to. 
They've only beaten like the Nets. The the Spurs obviously are are not good. Knicks. They beat the Pistons, the Knicks. Um, like that. That's what they have. You know what I mean? So it's not like they've, it's not like they've beaten anybody good. And the schedule's been honestly pretty pretty cupcake. Uh, and and now they're about to go. They're about to play Toronto. They're about to play New Orleans, Utah, the Clippers, the Lakers on the road, the Jazz on the road. So like the schedule's gonna start getting really tough. They have the Bucks, uh, like. Things are going to get difficult for them that it wasn't before. Like they were night in and night out playing bad teams and consistently losing to them. So I'm not Guys, if we weren't if we weren't wearing the vice jerseys, we would have four I know. more wins it's right a, now. The vice jerseys are obviously cursed and Could you imagine if they like never win a, a game in the vice jerseys? Like they have to like ditch them, right? Yeah, yeah it, it's feeling a little with them. It no, it's feeling a little reminiscent to those orange Knicks jerseys from a couple years ago. Where I think they lost seven straight and then retired it. Really? I think that, like they, that happened with the black tie jerseys, no? Oh yeah. Well, they should have retired those because those were ugly. <laughs> yeah, those are bad. Those were bad. From the that game. was a pretty weird concept. <laughs> I still don't get it. You can bring the Floridians one back. I like that one more. I don't really like that jersey. I did. You know, I, I have a hot. I have a hot vice take. What is it? Oh, I like the white oh, no. vice jerseys better than the blacks. Oh yeah. god! I wow. like them both. I like them both, but I like the white better. The black ones are so much nicer on TV. No, I don't know. I like the and in person. And in person. Am I wrong? <laughs> oh no, yeah, you're totally wrong. Am I? Yeah. And I love and I'm like wrong. a big black jersey guy. Like I love like I love the Heat Road jersey. Oh my god, that one's awesome. The black one. But it's like it's got the perfect nighttime colors, man. I love the the balance with the black. Beautiful. No, I dig it. I, I, yeah, I, I, I really do love the the black jersey. And if we keep losing, whatever, I still like it. I don't care. I still want one. All right, so we're taking a bit of a break from my takes to introduce you to our newest partner, and that's AutoNation. And they make it easy to customize your newer used ride. They have a huge selection of AutoNation Auto Gear accessories, and AutoNation is your one-stop shop to get your vehicle auto-equipped with all the top brands. And you can schedule your Auto Gear session today at an AutoNation store near you. Design specialists will take you through an entire customization process step-by-step, and they're going to help you create the vehicle of your dreams. From new wheels to a customized entertainment system they've got you covered and qualified buyers right now can take advantage of zero percent financing for 60 months you can schedule your session today just visit autonation.com to find your nearest location alex are you in on are you in on uh are you in my beal trade <laughs> on two picks and bam yeah no why i was i was saying it earlier in the chat i mean Again, I will talk myself into anything when it comes to the Heat, especially if we're trading for a star <laughs> player, and especially at this time where we're all so weak and starved for a transaction like, uh, like Brian was saying. But I'm not a fan of emptying the entire cupboard, basically. But you're not. You're not. You keep Jay Rich and Justin. Uh, but, keep, man. Yeah, keep two of your, you pretty much keep your two. Imagine how much. I think, imagine how best oh, I think we need to rewind this a little bit because <laughs> before the draft, before the draft happened, and we became eligible to trade draft picks again. Now we're acting like we're we're rich with assets. No, we're so rich. We have all our picks. We have Riley yeah, Arbor. All his picks. It became it became the draft passed, and and, and that's it. We're the we're, we're the richest. Yo, but, that's it. We're at. We have all our picks. You know, but Pat Riley was in draft pick jail, and now he's back. If you're telling me our only young assets after a trade, obviously Bradley Beal is young and a he's young 25. all-star. On a he's younger in. than Josh Richardson. 100%. And if you can, I think and if you Rodney can get Magruder. him, if you can get him. Wait, he's been in the league well, for seven years. How is that true? He's 25. 
he was he came out as a freshman. Rodney Magruder probably spent like four years in college. No, four yeah, years Rodney's, in the Rodney's a four year, and Jared spent <laughs> four years in college too. That's insane. Yeah, I know. Continue. That's what you get a a twenty five year old star who's never had a good coach. He had Randy Whitman and Scott Brooks. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, Scott Brooks sucks. Scott Brooks had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, John Wall, Bradley Beal, and has been to the damn finals once, and he only won one game there. Come on. He should have lost that game. Like Okay, so we all agree that Bradley Beal is going to look great in a Heat uniform and look yes. great as a Heat player because yes. we all know the difference between yes. Eric Spolstra and Scott Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> Randy Whitman. My thing is... Do you remember when Randy Whitman had this weird playoff record of like he was undefeated on the road in the playoffs but winless at home? It's weird. He plays in DC and all of a sudden he's flipping his clipboard around. Good times. Okay, continue with your point. Um, yeah, you keep backtracking. You stop sabotaging dude, me. I just had to get my Randy Whitman. Stop showing anime. Go. <laughs> he's just holding it up while we're talking. Ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways. I'm not a fan of emptying the cupboard, man, because it's like you do that trade, and I understand uh, wanting to pair him with Josh Richardson. I still don't think you're going to be able to get past the first round with that, first of all, because their biggest problem is being able to drive to the rim and finish and create for others from there. And like I said, Brad would look great here. Spo would find smart ways to use him and, uh, you know, find his most efficient shot profile, whatever that may be. I'm not a fan of – I don't think it's going to create any type of – a long-term plan, you're not going to be able to create any type of cap space and you're not going to be able to trade for cap space because you don't have picks to entice other teams to take on your bad deals. So it feels like you're kind of getting yourself stuck and we're kind of thinking a little bit too ahead when maybe we should remember that we're climbing from, you, you get me, it's an uphill climb. I don't, I don't think we're they're right there. Dude, but like, I think if you can get a 25-year-old star, you do it. All right. So what do you do after? That's my thing. You have a 25-year-old star. Okay, but is that... Are you good? Two years. He'll be 27 by the time you have... His contract... Like, it's different when you're giving Jimmy Butler at 30 a four-year max extension than when you're giving a guy who's 27 a max extension. So, like, I'm okay with paying paying Bradley Beal to stay, especially when he's going to be with Josh Richardson and Justice and their timelines match up. Like, the thing with Jimmy was Jimmy's time is not going to match. And that was a problem with Goron, if you remember. Like, Goron's timeline was not going to match the young guys that the Miami had. And we're seeing this come to fruition now. So, like, you're going to have Bradley Beal, Josh Richardson, and Goran Dragic on a team. And then when, when Goran eventually moves on and retires, you're still going to have Jay Rich and Bradley Beal entering their prime. Um, and, so, like, and you get, like, for, like for I get what you're saying. In the, it's in a the, murky picture, man. In the medium term, it doesn't make a lot of sense because you're capped out till 2020. But it doesn't matter because you're going to be a good team with a 25-year-old super, like star. For sure, for sure. But and the then problem once is, 2020 like, comes, you can extend him. You can bring in other guys. Like It's not it's not doom and gloom. And you have what I'm Jay saying Rich. is if you make that trade, that can't be the last thing you do. Obviously, I, I, and I'm not even just know. talking about the... I'm not talking about in just like, you know, the next couple seasons. I just mean in in, in general, right? Because you're sacrificing essentially your future because you're going to say after that, we traded our next two draft picks or whatever the draft picks is that you want to trade with whatever prote- uh, protections is you want to put on. But then your your only young assets, your only young asset on the team is going to be Justice Winslow, who's going to be 23 at that point probably. 
And at that, are, are we still? Are, do we still feel the same way about justice that we did when he was nineteen or twenty, whatever it was? Like, well, he'll be even better. Not, I don't think do. that's a great. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's a great outlook, man. It's gonna be hard to create that cap space in the mid, in the short term, and the long term. I think they. They might. They might put those. I think. I think once any big contracts in the, tra- in the be, trade. I think it'd be very easy. Once those four. Once those four year deals. So, once Jay. Once you know those guys start coming off the books. It, it, here's, you know, how you're, here's how it's going to be easy. So, Winslow, you can easily trade next season because obviously you can trade him this year, but since he has the last young asset, no, well, I don't know if they should trade him now anyway. But um, if if they wanted to trade him, they could. It just be a lot more expensive on the receiving team taking him in to make the salaries match up. And in that scenario, Miami would be paying more in the luxury tax this season, which we know they're reluctant to do. So I think that's the reason why no one thinks Winslow would be get, would be traded this season. It'd be well, they're so paying the luxury tax. They're gonna pay the shit out of that luxury tax. Yeah, and, and I mean, basically, down, if if you're trying to match up salaries between his salary and then the extension that he just signed, it'd be like an extra almost twelve million in luxury tax, give or take. So that's why I think next season would be the, the earliest you would see him move. They put but, themselves in such a weird they, position. They open up so much cat space when when Tyler's books come off next season. Hassan's books come off the following season, and Goron could come off. Tyler the and Hassan season. come off the same year, I think. They all come all off right. the same off season, and then one year later, or two, no, you know, two years later, Kelly, they'll be Kelly. able to get rid of Dion's contract, which they could, I think, by twenty twenty, if they really wanted the cat space, they could, they stretch, could stretch him. him. They could stretch him. We we need Dion back so oh, bad. God, just shut no, up, Bryce. I'm not, even, I'm not even. No, 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 no. Hear me no, out. No. Hear me out. We're talking about Bryce. We'll, we'll yeah, circle back to you... that later. But but uh, but like what what Brian's saying. <laughs> and then I'm not even done. Like the cat space is actually going to grow by another eight million by 20. I think 2021 is when what's projected to be right now, and that can grow be even higher with with new television revenue that's still coming in. Plus, you also have the gambling. Um, the gambling. It's going to be like three years from now. Well, Let, the, and that, that and that would timeline with. The salaries that you'd be giving up to a Bradley Bill extension and then whatever max player you want to get at the time. Then you just, uh, how, long, that, how long is he locked in for? Because I think he re signed with the Wizards last summer or got that extension last summer. Yeah. How, how, how many more years has he got on there? Brian's on that. But the point I'll make is that Miami can extend him and not feel bad about it because you're extending a young guy into your future. And I think what we've seen recently. Because Miami gets in the room with Gordon Hayward. Miami gets in the room with Durant. Miami gets in the room with these guys. But once, Number one at getting into the room. Huh? Number one at getting into Number the room. Number one at getting into the I room and leaving empty-handed. <laughs> but Miami okay. has not had anything to show for it. I know Brian has the contract situation, but Miami Miami doesn't have a roster to show for it. They have a bunch of guys. They're like, here, come play with Kelly Olynyk and come play with Josh Richardson, who obviously are good players. Like, It's no knock on them, but they're not... They don't have all-star caliber, like perennial all-star caliber players. Like Goran made it last year because everyone got hurt, right? And like, again, Goran's a really good player, but they don't have like another star to entice like free agents to come. Like free agents aren't just going to come here and say, I'm going to live in Miami and like be be like a five seed. Like, no, like the guys want to win. So if you bring in a guy like Bradley Beal. I don't want to play with their peers. If you invest in Bradley Beal, if you invest in a star that is already here, you have another growing 
player in Josh Richardson. You have a bunch of guys that know their role and are good role players. That's an easier sell to a Gordon Hayward, to a Kevin Durant, to a whoever the hell, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Whoever the hell walks into that door, you have a damn plan. It's not just like, hey, Chris Bosh may or may not be healthy. Hey, we may or may not do stuff in a couple years. Hey, we're going to play with James Johnson, Kelly Olenek, Justice Blake. It's different. Like, if you get, you got to invest in guys like this. And sometimes you got to overpay by giving picks. Friends. It's so, funny because I feel like we were on the opposite end of, uh, you know, of opinions when it comes to when it came to the whole Jimmy saga, because it's I was kind of arguing the same thing with Jimmy, uh, uh, you know, partnering Jimmy with Jay Rich and, and that being the selling point to the next free agency, et cetera, et cetera. And, I, and like like what you were saying, it's going to be hard to get rid of cap space regardless. But I think you're banking on it more than I am. You're a little bit more confident. I, in I, it. I don't know. No, I'm not easier. saying. And that's I'm, assuming that we can get that we can even get Bradley Beal because no, I'm wait, sure wait, a lot of teams. I'm would, would But Alex, I think what, my thing is, I think it's going to be John Wall. I don't think it's going to be Bradley Beal for the. I Heat. know that that's probably going to go on, but I'm arguing for 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 Beal. And what I'm saying is that not that they're going to create, they're not going to generate cap space. They're going to. Because he's young, they're going to be able to wait out the other contracts. Yeah, exactly. Is what I'm saying. And you can wait it out and extend him, and it doesn't matter because it's not like Jimmy Butler where you're paying for 30 something years old with Thibodeau Miles. No, it's I get different. it, man. I'm just saying it's just, you know, it's just a really risky proposition his to be game like, to is ask them to age. give up all their draft picks right when they got him back. But his game <laughs> is going to age so well. And could you imagine? Look what Spolster does with Ellington. Do you see this? Do you see the like the like he's made Ellington into one of the best shooters in the league? I'm, I'm with you, man. I would love Bradley Beal for this team. Look what he can team. do with I a guy that when he it. comes off the pick, he can attack off the dribble. You know, like like we know. I don't believe Spolster. in them being able to get him. I don't believe that. Okay, but like yeah, but I'm saying that if they they have to overpay for him, and I know Brian has a contract. contract so up. so he signed a five year extension at 127 million dollars. Five back years, back, baby. Back in 2016, he mm-hmm. has a player option for the 2020-21 offseason, which is the same free agency class as Giannis Antetokounmpo and Anthony Davis. Anthony so, Davis. I mean, if you're, if you're talking about trying to go after that free agency class, he, he's actually a better fit than Jimmy Butler because at his age, if you're trying to go after that free agency class, he'd be about $38 million. And he can shoot like He's an elite yeah. shooter and, 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 you, and, and you defender. Have bird rights. You have his bird rights so you could extend him after you go after a free agent. Like, so that's what would, you got to do. probably pay the tax that, that season, but it'd be worth it. And then the cap would go up, so it wouldn't even be that bad of a cap hit. Brian, I love you, dude. Brian, I'm so in on Beal, dude. Let's do this. I, I think this Yo, is I'm, in on, I'm in on, on Bradley Beal, too. That, I, I think that's what you get. You guys I'm saying, like, you can like, like, overpay. Group, overpay for Beal. Do it. You know, you know what's going to happen. The overpay isn't going to get you him, is what I'm saying. What it's I, not going to get you him. Probably. And I think what makes it complicated is that the Celtics have not had the start that they've had, and they can they can really overpay for Beal. They're not going to do that. I've man. heard a team that probably might go after him is New Orleans. <sighs> that makes too much sense. But honestly, I don't really believe in there. See, we're, like, we're light years no, ahead. We're thinking of we're thinking of Beal AD later down the line. They're thinking about it today. <laughs> Brass, what you got? Hey, cut out the middle, man. Dion Waiters. Man. Uh, no, hear me out. Here's why he needs to play again. You know, again, we're talking, talking about, about like potential. Listen, no, he's stretching wave already. You, you don't need him. Will you shut he brought, up? He brought us back to life. Yeah. No, just hear me out. He needs he needs to play. We need him to play because the only way we can ever even have a chance to trade him away for something along with whatever else is if he gets some playing time in. 
He's so right. I for one, I for one hope Dion comes back and and hits some of those game winners, and he can you know, you know, basically trick someone else into wanting him. Alex, on you, their team. you saw Dion today. How did he look? Yo, he really didn't look that bad. I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of surprised. You saw him in the flesh. So you, uh, how was the weight? <laughs> That's what I was, uh, you know, inferring. But yeah, his weight doesn't look bad, man. He, there was a, somebody put a picture the other day on that was floating oh, around that was Twitter. Really bad. It was really bad. I was kind of expecting like Dion to be looking like he just came off of the the wisdom teeth surgery, but he looked like normal Dion. You, you yeah, he's been paying me to Photoshop him and make him look big. <laughs> are you are you shocked that the, I'm shocked that they let him out? That they let him out. I don't know. I feel, they, it feels wow. dangerous. And they got like a a, a rep at Dion's at Dion's place. Yeah, I mean they. Like, they you know, I mean coming they, out today. We don't want we don't want pictures getting taken. I'm surprised they let Jay Rich out today. Bring out Dion. Considering the shoe incident. You said Goron had a what, what, what happened to Goron? I mean, he was just walking around with some with something wrapped around his knee, uh, looked his a, knee a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be out for next week. Uh, at least they're gonna revaliate him another week. Good. That'd be three games I will miss uh, on top of the ones he's just missed this past week. And Dwayne's out for. And Dwayne uh, might uh, just from today. Yeah, Spo apparently told Barry that he'll be back soon. Yeah, we know what that means. He'll be back. Spoelstra has no idea. Dude, I I I love Spo. Is there a more useless quote? Like, listen, I love Spo, and I understand. Like, you gotta do, you gotta, you have your media Most obligations. Coaches. He's so good at saying nothing. <laughs> I think he makes it sound better than a lot of other coaches. No, he does. That's what he does. He just makes it sound great. I watch the press conferences not because he's gonna say anything, because I just want to see how he's not gonna say anything. Yeah, I also enjoy listening to him talk. I do too. He's a very good orator mm-hmm. from the Pat Riley School of Speaking. I feel like he's really thoughtful, but it's so weird because it doesn't really. I feel like he doesn't. He doesn't say his innermost thoughts. He's like, oh, I'm keeping that for the game plan. I wonder if oh, yeah, he's I'd like I'd a hot to get take a few drinks in, in private, and like he. Yeah, nah. you get a few. Get a few drinks in him, man. Come on. I would love that. Like just hot take cannon, Eric Spolstra. No, there's people on the payroll who like do that for him, but he can't. Spo the burn, <laughs> Spo the burner account. That would be that's the worst burner account, man. We need a better burner than that. Than Spo, because like Spo just firing off takes. You know what's funny is that like we're joking about this. This literally happened with Jerry Colangelo. <laughs> like we're laughing at the idea of like Spoelstra having a burner account, and I'm thinking, yo, imagine him trashing Hassan Whiteside on. That's the probably the least craziest story in the NBA in the last twelve. No, months. Brian, you're wrong. That that was insane, dude. He was telling Ben Simmons to shoot a three. You coward. That'll never die. What? It's already it's already been being overused. But it's Which, never by the die. way, I know that that ended up being his wife. I don't believe for a second that he wasn't also using that account. It's total BS. History, history isn't going. History is not going to cover that situation with nearly enough reverence because it just to watch that, it's sort of like it's like it's like the show Lost. You could watch it on DVD. You can sort of you can see it after the fact. And you can enjoy it, and oh yeah, I see how okay. But but it's like there's also something to watch, like the episodes like week to week, and see it all happen in real time. Watching that situation happen in real time was mind blowing. We did emergency it all podcast so quickly. For that. It was it was hysterical. <laughs> it, it was so good. It was the first of its kind because uh, NBA guys and the, the writers and the people around the NBA they talk about it like this is something that kind of goes on in the shadows of the NBA, where a lot of GMs. Uh, 
we already know this, that GMs have Twitter accounts that, you know, that they use to monitor what's going on because everything is happening in real time on Twitter every day. In it the makes NBA. sense. They have to monitor public opinion. Yeah. So it's, I want to see, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this happens again sometime soon. Like I, what a guy in his, in his mid forties, mid fifties, mid sixties, however old this, this person is mismanages technology. No way. <laughs> Come on. I I just I wish that this stuff were this technology were around when Jordan played because I, I just it would he'd be treated so so very differently. I also think sports coverage was just different back then and like people cared about different stuff. Oh, 100%. It, well, it's like the you know, it's just the the news. I mean, you know, sports, you know, you get it in the paper and then you get it you know, when you're watching the game. Uh, but now people can just look up. I mean, it's uh, what a free for all. Dude, it's all Twitter very tabloid lately. right now. It's, oh, Twitter lately has been just. But it's funny that uh, way. But I like it this way. Like, oh, it's entertaining. But like, watch sports coverage from from the nineties. Like, and watch sports coverage today. There and was like, a video I just saw the other day of Tristan Thompson seeing the the newborn of his child. Um, with what was it, Courtney Kardashian or yeah. one of the Kardashians? Like, yeah. When does that stuff ever happen in nineties basketball? Yeah. Brian, Tristan you- Thompson? Damn, man. We really can- why is he why is he in the TMZ? It's literally only because of the Kardashians, man. But it's just crazy. Like now that when you put it that way, and I kind of you know see the whole scope of it. We're talking about Tristan Thompson. I'm talking about well, after the whole ordeal that he had. We're talking yeah. about mild, mildly average NBA starter. Tristan Thompson, the guy who says he, that the boy, East boy, goes he's pretty underrated fantasy. Picked up, the East goes through him, guys. Today. Him and Cleveland. He's a good pickup right now on the waiver wire. They're still the defending Eastern Conference champions. You got to respect them. That's too. <laughs> the East runs through Tristan Thompson and Cal. You no, know, they have the worst record in the league. They literally <laughs> run through him and score right at the yeah. basket. Can we talk about how that's be- that's like literally for me one of the most shocking things of this of this season? <laughs> that I didn't think they were that bad, man. I mean, I was arguing that that team without LeBron would be better than the Lakers without LeBron, and I would appear to be very wrong about that. Yeah. What, are, are they still at two is, wins? Is Kevin Love not good? Right is that what this is? He's, he's hurt. Well, he's, he's been out. He's going to be out for a while, too. I mean, he was two playing months. before. I don't know about that. I'm not watching Cavaliers games, if you're asking me. Look, okay, so... Kevin, you can, you can Kevin add, Love uh, was playing during that losing. Um, He's hurt now. Justin Rowan. There, were, there, were, there was Kevin Love minutes. There were Kevin Love minutes during that losing. Yeah, that's been really surprising to me. Uh, have you guys been have you guys been watching what's been going on with Utah? Yeah. Cuz that's been a little like Ricky Rubio struggling to shoot has been an interesting development because it's totally neutered everything that they want to do and it's just Donovan Mitchell doing garbage all what day. What a development. Ricky Rubio struggling to shoot consistently. No, because last year he was good at it and now yeah, he like was. Utah yeah. no, he was, Utah does not the team that everyone thought they'd be and it's like I'm like, "Oh, ouch." I think they're the Western Conference Pacers where I feel like the, oh, the, a, a lot of their offense relies on one really, really, really good player, really dynamic player who can get to the rim, who can shoot, uh, you know, when, when guys duck under the screen, uh, good two-way players. But where's what's the second playmaker? And I guess Utah's second playmaker is Joe, Joe Ingles. And he's good, man. He's good. You but mean, you get you what mean, I'm saying? Uh, like, NBA Brass Jazz? <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna put a side by side after this podcast because Brass and Joe Ingles look identical. Wow, wow. Hashtag they all look alike. Hashtag they all look the same. Why do you okay, hate so every white NBA player? I love Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is awesome. I wish that he had Joe Ingles. What nationality is he? He's Australian. I'm surprised you know that. Wow. Cover basketball for a living. God, cut that out, Brian. Nobody needs to hear that. Hey, can we talk about 
I don't, I don't know where you were going to go next. I don't, I don't want to. I know. Like, I just wanted to talk about like how weird the, the league was because you got Portland, Memphis, Clippers, and then Golden State as a freaking four seed. Yeah. The Clippers. Portland's the best team in the league. The Clippers. For a second, I wanted to fire their coach because they're the, the Warriors have lost three straight. I don't think that's happened since they've been good. Well, Curry's out, and Durant doesn't know how to close games anymore. And Draymond, they tell, they literally told Draymond to take a break. They're like, dog, take a break. After he told Kevin to leave. Which is amazing. It's a weird situation over there, man. It's because apparently, you know, some of the players like sided with Draymond, some of them sided with KD. You know how the season ends, right? They, yes, with KD and Boogie leaving in the same summer, it's gonna be no, no, no. It's with glorious. it's with Kyle Lowry holding a damn trophy. No, man, he's gonna be holding his leg once he gets injured in the finals. <laughs> damn, really yo. How are you gonna do Kyle Lowry like that? They're not winning no damn. They're finals, winning the man. damn fight, dude. I'm, I, you know me. I've been every year. God. I say it's the Raptors' year. I mean, do you think? Like, let's be honest. This is the most vulnerable Golden State has been. No, they're not. You don't think they're vulnerable? No. I think they're. I think just because they lost three games in a row in November, I think they'll be fine in June when Boogie Cousins is healthy. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm. Damn, you know, I keep for, damn, dude, I keep forgetting that that like that's in the waiting. <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, Golden State. It's you don't mean Valanciunas right chance? now. It's a story right now, and I get it. I get why people want to cover it, and there's all these questions. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, you talk about tabloids. I mean, this is it. This is a big story in terms of the NBA, but in terms of the team, in the in terms of the team, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's really. I think a couple months from now, I mean, they're going to go on another crazy streak. They're going to be just obviously the number one, just most dominant thing in the West, and they'll move on from this. Okay, but. Have you seen Serge Ibaka? The revival of Sir- All-Star Serge Ibaka <laughs> oh, this season. Don't sleep on Pascal Siakam. Dude, Siakam. Another waiver wire ad. We got Siakam. We got Serge Ibaka. Ibaka's averaging 17 and a half points in, in 2018. Yo, the Raptors are legit, man. You're definitely no, I, preaching to the choir. I think they're so yeah, damn I good. I think every single player on that team is really good on defense, except Valanciunas. And Van Fleet. Van Fleet is good on defense. He was good on defense from last year, too. That's why their 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 bench is so successful. They were able to create points and defend and force turnovers. Struggles with size, but no, but yeah. I mean, you ask me right now. I Tor- I think Toronto is, is 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 coming out of the East. I do. I, don't I think, think they're as deep as anybody. I think they have, they have as many good defensive players. I think they had a top seven offense and defense last year before adding Kawhi and Danny Green. Mm-hmm. It feels like it makes too much sense. Why you know you know you have Boston struggling to get uh, Gordon We're back on track. They're trying to. Well, fit I mean, four, those four guys. No, the whole starting lineup needs the ball in their hands to some degree or another. I think it's it's kind of an awkward fit. So we I talked think that's wrong it makes sense. I did a podcast on Saturday with um Kevin from Weird Celtics Twitter. What's Kevin's at, Alex? So I can plug I his think show. it's I think it's uh at Kev, Kev Kage. Wage. At at Kev Kage, I think it is. Brad we'll we'll pull that up later so I can plug Kevin's uh, stuff properly. But uh I was on I was on with some Celtic guys and we were talking about how the Boston the Boston team's kind of weird because it's it's almost similar to the Heat, where they're just like a lot of guys that can almost do. Similar. No, no, but listen to me. That that in the sense of there are a lot of guys that can do, like they have like a they're if you were to grade their skills, like they don't have specialists. They have like guys that like you would just grade like a B. Like they're they have guys that get like straight Bs across the board in their skill sets, but they don't have other than Kyrie. They don't have like any kind of specialist. So there's just like a bunch of dudes that are just good at everything, but like nobody's like yeah. really really great at one thing. 
And that's kind of hurt their offense. And I, I love to slander Brad I Stevens think, when I, do. I, I Now that I think about it, that you bring up the comparison of them being kind of like the Heat, they're... Their issues on offense are kind of like the Heat, too. That's what I'm they saying. The Heat, to have, and finishing. the Heat have, like, everyone, and they have, like, a C grade at everything, and the Celtics have, but, like, a B grade at everything. No, but it's like the Celtics have the personnel to improve on, the, on yeah, these yeah, issues. Do. I don't and think they the Heat do. Talent. I feel like if they just need to have a more focused effort on getting Kyrie to the rim and uh, letting Kyrie do a little bit less of the you know, you know who that the step back on? stuff. Um, Brad, the same way that it is on Spoh right now, man. They're they're two sides of a coin right now. Well, if Eric Spolstra had Brad Stevens's roster, they'd be the number one seed right now. No uh, facts. Yes, yes. listen on the same level, man. I'm, I'm glad that you. I can finally talk about this on my own show. Brad Stevens has helmed a top ten offense once, and it was number eight, and I think it was the second year he was coach there. Ever Brad I, Stevens I, would be a better job would do a better job at tanking right now with the seat roster. Like honestly, yeah, he would be. Honestly, Fair. Brad's obviously a good coach. He's a very good coach. As an offensive mind, I'm not. I know everyone's obsessed with the out of timeout stuff or whatever. Not the best offensive coach. Doesn't do much creatively. <laughs> and I love how other people. No, Alex, you're laughing at me. But like, there are other people around the league that are starting to notice this. I've seen Dave Dufour, you know, starting to notice this. Some people account the dings, starting to notice this. You know, my my Brad Stevens movement is catching catching some some fire. I mean, stats are readily available to anybody that wants to check. But <laughs> like I was just saying, like he's a bit of an overrated like coach You're in right. that sense. And he's, he's still really, really, really good. He's like Tom Thibodeau with reasonable minute distribution. No man, stop it. He's like Thibodeau reasonable it. minute distribution. <laughs> he did not just compare him to Thibodeau. <laughs> I got so mad at me, dude. I think oh, I called. If uh, this was a heat Twitter, man. You you would get roasted. I called Scott Brooks today. Um. I called him uh, Mark Jackson with glasses. I'm gonna tweet this out. White Mark Jackson. I don't hate that though, dude. Because like he has the same issue with Mark Jackson, just like tremendously underperforms with talent. Like obviously, like they win games and they get to the playoffs and they make runs. You can't be playoffs. uncreative on offense and also not be good at coaching defense. That's that's the downfall for guys like Scott Brooks and. <laughs> No, Thibodeau. Thibodeau's not a good defensive <laughs> coach anymore. That's the worst part. The Thibodeau game has just, passed him by. The reputation. <laughs> Man, Minnesota's bad this year, too. Oh, man. my God. Every time – oh, my God. The last couple of times that I've watched that team, and post-Jimmy, too, where everybody's been kind of like, oh, they're back because Cat's dropping numbers again. Oh, my God. Carl Anthony Towns is so bad on defense, man. Dude, it's bad. Like they It's get, so bad. Like, I can't believe how bad it is. He gets torched. And that, like, that coach, that coach pairing is not good for him also. Phoenix is really terrible, too. No, but it's definitely it, – it definitely doesn't help with Cat, but – it's on him. It's 100% on him. Phoenix is why I don't so believe in tanking. Like, I look at the Suns, and, like, the Suns have been bad for, like, half a decade. And, like, when, are they, when is he light at the end of the tunnel for the Suns? All they have yeah. is Devin Booker's 60-point games. Hi, Alf. We uh we welcome in Heat Twitter president Alf toward the tail end of this podcast. Alf, we were talking about how bad the Phoenix Suns are, and because the Suns are so bad, it's why I don't believe in tanking. But most teams that tank are just bad forever. Yeah, they're like they've legit been bad forever. Like we're just talking about just a general outlook in the well, league. Except for Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento's still bad. Wait, wait, we think Sacramento's good? No. Yes. They've lost no, to the playoff team. No, well, I have they're to not in the playoffs game. right now. Houston's not in the playoffs right now, I don't think either. Uh, we were talking about future heat legend De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I mean, I I think you guys are kidding yourselves if you think Sacramento's actually good now. You know that. Do you think you have a shot to upset Golden State in the first round? No, 
Have you have you <laughs> what seen are we talking about? Wait a second, <laughs> Alex. Have you seen De'Aaron Fox's season and how unsustainable that is? Why do you think it's unsustainable? Nineteen because of the points. Kings. Let me tell you something. Nineteen points. I think he's just 50% more percent shooting, and he's forty two percent from three. Last year that's, he was that's unsustainable. He was thirty percent from three last three. year, and last year for his field goal he was forty one percent. So I think that this new boost, yeah, but you telling me a, a point guard had a bad first year? Somebody who came in pretty much highly no, touted not, by not, every not scout, like by every GM. He was yo, he was highly touted, man. He was I mean, he was supposed to be a good finisher. He's, he's and he's gonna he's be awesome once he gets, in the league. I'm sure once he gets traded away from the Kings, he's gonna be really good. No, he's been he's been awesome this year, man. Yeah, and he's not gonna stay on the Kings. He That's looks a like a way better playmaker, so. That's a problem with tanking. You, the guy, the the uh, players never stay. I think because right? once the, once that hey, if you have a bad organization, the, that's what the had three three future MVPs. You can't sustain that for for long enough. Like guys just get fed up and they leave. What I'll give the Sixers the credit one. for, the Sixers did a really good job of marketing like the idea of the process and that these guys were a part of something revolutionary, which is like, I think Joel Embiid bought in part of that was Joel Embiid was hurt a lot, but like guys like Joel bought into this idea of this, this is going to be something that's bigger than just me. Like we're going to, we're going to, what is he bought into? Wait, what is he bought into the process? What, what has he resigned? What, what, what free agent re-sign, though. Yeah, re-up re-sign. with the Sixers? Did he re re-up with them. He's on a I max. Know, but the, the what the the first rookie ex- extension? Everyone signs that. Yeah, he signed a pretty. So, well, now they're good. The, the test of this process is going to be when they have to pay everybody. Well, no, now they're good. No, I think Alpha is onto something here. Wait, though. how good are they? Are they championship good? I don't think so. But we need good. to have this conversation. We need to have this conversation. <laughs> what, do we need to start a dialogue? <laughs> the the, 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 the test of buying in. Is when okay now it's time for him Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler to stay together. Who's taking a pay cut? Yeah, because now we're we're assuming that they're gonna give Jimmy Butler the five year one hundred ninety mil rollout. Should right. we be assuming that? They paid other guys. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think you. I so think you're bringing up a good point. In? Crab brought it up first. Uh, Crab they, they got Krabs drafted. Shout out to Crab's Pop Peddler. You the home. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think it's gonna be a weird fit, man. And I'm I'm not trying to be down on it just because you know they're Philly and we're supposed to hate them. I think it's a little bit of a weird fit. I like their starting lineup, their new starting lineup over there where they where they're finally starting JJ Reddick at the two. It's Ben Simmons at the point guard, Jimmy at the three, Embiid and 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 Wilson Chandler. That's fine. The problem is, what are you gonna do when Jimmy Butler asks for a ball in his hands? And what are you gonna do with Ben Simmons? Shoot a three, you coward. The whole team, the whole team was gonna cave in on them, and especially because they have Joel Embiid. The Sixers are are weird. So so I think the Celtics have the same issue that they're two teams that are flawed in a way that is very exploitable. Overtly talented. But exploitable. And in the playoffs, I think think the Celtics are going to figure it out. I don't think the Celtics are going to figure it out. And I think the Raptors are just so so much better than they are. You see the kind of effort at home it took from Kyrie Irving to beat the Raptors when they weren't on their game? Oh, you're talking about a regular season a game? A regular season game, which, by the way, oh, I, I was so... <laughs> Alex, did you watch that game? Raptors-Celtics? Yeah. I watched the end of it, and then I uh, watched the 
full game highlights. Kyle Lowry gave a clinic on how not to defend at the end of that game. All he was doing was trying to go for a steal every damn possession. It was so annoying. And then Kyrie he's going to be the damn X factor, man. I don't. That's, what, that's the one thing. That's the one thing Kyle. that doesn't make me feel good about my my finals prediction is having to rely on Lowry in the playoffs over. A whole I, let me tell you something. I stand that guy, and I when uh, after that game, after Kyrie had you stand regular season game. Lowry. I stand regular season Lowry so yeah, hard. It's dude. Warriors. It's going to be Warriors against the Celtics or Warriors against the uh, Raptors. I don't know, dude. Slow down. The Warriors, you know, yep. there's, there's some... There's a, some oh, God. Oh, yeah, you missed it. You, you missed what Johnny was here saying on. that. With Johnny ridiculous. called the Warriors their most vulnerable. I, I said, <laughs> I said uh, when we were in our Warriors discussion, I said, you know how the season ends, right? And Alex goes, how? And I go with Kyle Lowry holding a trophy. Total BS. What trophy? <laughs> Can we get back <laughs> to the another most improved? Yeah, most improved player? Good for him. Can we talk about tanking? Just... Please, we're running, at, we're running, wow. we're running out of time. Because, we, don't, we don't have that. No, I know, but I've been trying to get here for the whole. <laughs> okay, brass, so, go off on tanking. Bro, ask go off. Okay, brass rants. Tanking, tanking is for losers. Pikachu having a new movie? Yeah, Detective Pikachu. Pikachu's the man. Shout out to Pikachu. <laughs> oh, so watch the trailer and we'll get back to you. Right, Maybe we'll change your mind on that Shout one. Shout out to Pikachu. I, I mean, I used to collect Pokemon cards. You were saying that you collected Pokemon cards when you were younger. Yeah. Which cards? Like, what was your favorite? Uh, Charizard, hologram. Hologram, Charizard, um, Ditto. Ditto, probably my favorite Pokemon because you can transform to any Pokemon. Oh, there you go. So I got kind of, I'm kind of cheating, like an album. Hi, this is Craig Mish from Swings and Mishes here on the Five Reasons Podcast Network. Just in case you missed any of our podcasts in the past, here's what you missed. We have been um, extremely aggressive in, in trying to acquire additional uh, international dollars, not just for you know uh, potential free agents with two first names. It's nice that that ownership is, is fully supportive and allowing us to, to, to do everything in our power um, to be um, the best team in, in, in this region, in the gateway to America, and, and, and for Miami to become a destination spot for, for all Latin players uh, because, you know, this is such an international city. Hey, it's Josh Appel. And Mr. Bill 11. Now, we are from Smark Your Territory, the Five Reasons Sports Network's resident wrestling podcast coming at you live on tape every Wednesday from the Fortress of Smark. Join us on the fringes of the smattering for some not-so-serious pro wrestling talk. It's Smark Your Territory every Wednesday on the Five Reasons Sports Network.